Welcome to our 25th series, everyone. We are one quarter of the way to 100 series, which is just absolutely wild to think about. And we are very excited to welcome a couple of good friends of the show, David Gunsberg and Morgan Jenkins, to talk about a really sweet RPG called Golden Sky Stories. But before we get into all of that, first we have some announcements. If for some reason you missed us talking about Descent into Midnight, it has less than seven days to go as of the release of this episode. Absolutely check this thing out if you haven't already. It is a game that has altered our perception of what games can be, and it deserves every amount of success it can get. They are currently about halfway to their next stretch goal, where One Shot Network alum Ali Grauer will write a piece of fiction that takes place in a world of Descent into Midnight. It will also unlock another episode of the Streampunks, which would make the campaign that much longer and that much more enjoyable. So go ahead, pause the show right now and check it out if you haven't yet. It's that good. Don't worry, I'll wait. And welcome back. So, other projects out there that we think could use your attention that we've mentioned a few times before would be Princess World by Kevin Petker, where you play as princesses using a pretty unique take on PBTA mechanics. Uh, we also had a Spotlight episode. If you missed that, check it out. It's a really good look at what the system can do. Also, using a completely different, unique take on PBTA mechanics would be Passion de las Passiones by Brandon Liangambetta. This is a telenovela game where over the top is the baseline, and it only goes up from there. I absolutely recommend checking out all of these Kickstarters if you can. Finally, we are sadly out of reviews to read. We would absolutely love to read more reviews from all of you wonderful folks listening. If you like what we do, just head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and or a review. It helps other people find the show and really makes us feel oh so good in the process. So, going with the lessons we are about to learn with this game, spread some kindness and leave a review. And hey, while you're already there, search for any other podcasts you enjoy and toss a review their way, even if it's just a single sentence of why you love their work. Really, you can go back and re-edit those if you want to expand on it later. With all of that out of the way, how about we get on with the show? Enjoy.
welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we discuss and create characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and this episode, my co-host Amelia and I are thrilled to welcome David Gunsberg and Morgan Jenkins to discuss Golden Sky Stories, a heartwarming and non-violent RPG by Ryo Kamiya. Welcome to Character Creation Cast. We are so excited you could join us. We're very excited to be here. So excited to be here. A pop- no, I can't even say that word. That's how excited I am. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start by introducing you to our audience. Um, David, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you have going on? Uh, I am a uh, putative podcaster and uh, game designer and uh, long-running uh, game runner been in the kind of doing this since the 80s um currently doing it with my kids and i'm all about um discovering small games that can create real connection um no real projects going on just trying to make the world a kinder place that's that is a project yeah yeah that's that's not not a small (laughs) undertaking that's that's fantastic Mm -hmm. all right and morgan how about yourself Oh gosh, where to start? Um, I last time I checked was still locked in a vault with uh, with you in Geek Wars. I'm fairly certain that's where I am technically. No, I, I I got kicked out at the end. Oh, you 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 aren't in the vault, so I'm here by myself. Yeah, I that's... think uh, I think Mitch forgot about you and uh, <laughs> and kicked sounds me about out. right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still in in yeah. Okay. I, I can for, live with that. For, for those who don't understand that reference, listen to Geek Wars uh, at Geek Wars Pod and Twitter, and you can hear all about our shenanigans in the vault. And other than that, I have a podcast uh, that I do that's currently on hiatus yet again, uh, as life gets in the way, called Going In Blind. It's mm. an actual play podcast with visually, uh, words are hard, with vision impaired players. Mm-hmm. And we're just playing through D&D at the moment, um, but we have other games that are recorded um, and ones that aren't where we just play them and they will mm-hmm. never never be on the podcast. But that's if, coming back at some if point. games aren't on a podcast, did they really happen? That's the question, <laughs> isn't it? I don't think so, but apparently I'm in the mini- minority there, so... No, every time I sit down to play a game and we're not recording, I feel very weird. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Though? I, I just, I just get my phone out and record it anyway. Morgan How and I tried games? to play a game just for fun. We were like halfway through it and I said, are you recording? And she was like, yeah, of course I'm recording. I'm recording you. I'm recording me. Of course I'm recording. <laughs> Obviously. I can't not be recording. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, we are going to start by discussing what this game is all about. What's in a game? So, uh, can you tell us a bit about the setting for Golden Sky Stories? Uh, yeah, well, my pitch to for this game when I talk to players at cons is that if we start with this is a this game is a performative meditation on kindness. Think about Totoro, um, the uh, town and animal spirit kind of vibe you get in Kiki, uh, mashed up together with the uh, joyful, bittersweet happiness of Bing Bong from Inside Out, um, where 
it's small stories told in a sort of semi-Japanese feeling place where humans and mildly magical animal spirits uh, live alongside each other and experience sort of slice of life, slice of life things um, that are really just about being good to each other. That's really cool. What things do we need to play this game? You don't need very Aside much. Aside from a sense of compassion. Uh, yeah, well, that can sometimes be the hardest thing to get, as you may imagine in some cons. You have mm -hmm. people going, uh, so hey, where's my animal's attack stat? It's like it doesn't have an attack stat. That's not what this game is about. So it can be very good in that regard um, that it can it, – It's. I like games where the mechanics know what the game is trying to do, and this game does that. So players very quickly go, oh, this is not for me. Um, but what you need to play it is is very little. It's diceless, which blew my mind. It was the first diceless oh, wow. game I'd played. Um, it just had you just need a character sheet and some counters, and you don't even really need the counters. You basically need the character sheet, and uh, the way I run it is to um, also then put like a blank A4 sheet in amongst us all where we write down the uh, NPCs that we've created and the places in the town that we've created that we have connections to. So very, very cool. little. Yeah, that's probably the the least amount of materials that we've seen for a game yet. I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's if really you cool. if you really feel like you're missing out with with the dice, instead of counters, you can use dice as counters, but you're not going to be rolling them. Yeah. I, but then what do I do with them? You just you look at them, at them and then They're go. Pretty. Do I have oh. enough dice? I should probably get at least fifty more of these. Right. Well, so I do like to look at my dice. That's why I actually have them in glass vases up on top of my bookshelf. So, so, so you're doing um, dice correctly then. That's good. To they're hear. they're decorative yeah. along mm -hmm. with useful. Yeah. Are they color coordinated? No, right now they're just in tall glass. I do Holy. have them separated by like my fantasy flight dice. So my Genesis, my L five R, my Star Wars dice are pouring like over one in out one for jar. Fantasy flight, pouring one out for L five R. They did just announce another source book, though. So yeah. who knows? And it finally has the uh, the Ishiken in it. Yeah. So someday <laughs> we'll cover that game. Um, and as far as other things you need to play the game, there is a core rulebook you can buy, but there is a free quick start PDF uh, that Starline Publishing have up that you can, I'm sure we'll put a link in the show notes, mm -hmm. that you can just go to, click, uh, and you basically just need that. Oh, so in the same way that Descent into Midnight has a sort of quick start rule on their website ready to go, but you could also maybe back the Kickstarter that's happening right now. Yeah, wow. yeah I mean, it's, just like that. <clears throat> tell yeah, tell me I mean, more about this amazing Kickstarter that it <laughs> happens to be going on right now. We have something for us to do in our cold <laughs> open. Now what are we supposed to talk about? Well, you can still talk about it. We can mention it as many times as we want. It's that good of a game. And you it can back indeed. it now. Rich Howard should send us a t-shirt, honestly. <laughs> Rich, where's my t-shirt? Rich, on, I love Rich. you. I even introduced you in that other podcast. <laughs> oh. Incredible. Mm -hmm. I love them. So I love you them can, so if you like what you hear, you can just grab that Kickstarter and play a few small games with, um, it's got like the, the you know, four of the animal spirit types because mm -hmm. we'll be playing as animal spirits yeah. uh, in the quick start. Um, you know, and then you're good to go. And if you like it, you can get the full rules. Very cool. 
I should uh, say the it's try not... it before you buy it kind of mm-hmm. yes role playing game. I I don't know. I think that's nice in RPGs, especially because the books tend to be like heftier. And I mean, it can be an investment to spend sixty dollars on a book that you're not sure if you're going to play, mm-hmm. or you know. Um, and I that's another thing that I think APs do really well is like introducing people to new systems and kind of giving you an idea of like whether this really is for you because mm-hmm. not everything's for everyone. But that's okay. I love games that have quick start guides. I think that that also tells me that they're confident that in what they've done is they're going, here's the thing, have a look at this mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. the mechanics are very clear. You can get that quick start. And if if you're a like hard combat head, then you're going to look at this very quickly and go, oh, I don't need to spend my money on that. Mm-hmm. I think it lowers the barrier of entry too for for newer people because mm-hmm. um, those bigger books are really intimidating. Like for mm-hmm. a long time, I didn't want to play any other games besides like the one or two that I knew because it was like, I can't read that whole book. And now I'm like, sure, let's play this game. I'll figure it out while, mm-hmm. yeah. while I go. But quick start <laughs> guides are really nice for that, for for figuring it out right away. Mm-hmm. I also find it's a really lovely thing when you've got sort of newish players to hand them a single sheet, play, yeah, here's your character sheet. But at cons, I'll print it sort of A4, two-sided with two sheets on each side and say, here you go. Here's the entire game. You can take oh, that yeah. away with you if you enjoyed what we did today. You know. Okay, so tell, that, tell mean, your that, friends. Me- that means that when I go to the con with you, I'm not going to be receiving the full 146 pages printed out and bound up. Is is that what you're saying? No, you'll get the quick start. Okay, and I think in 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 the same way that and I, I know I jokingly mentioned Descent into Midnight earlier, but in the same way that that game is about a group of people coming together to try and fight back against a corruption and bring some some kindness in the world, even though a lot of the times people come across it as a one-shot, so they only ever get to see the corruption and not the the pushback against that. Um, mm-hmm. This game tells much smaller stories in a much more, um, I don't want to say lower stakes, because I, I'd say much more personal stakes, because it all of these stories that are happening are big to the people that they're happening to, and... Uh, they're just they're not stories about can we save the world they're stories about can we help this person get to a concert or can we help them ask out someone or can we help them feel a little bit better about themselves or Mm -hmm. come out to their their parents or significant other and it's just these cute little stories about encouraging uh, kindness within yourself and within a community that you help create oh that's really cool and i am really really bad at it (laughs) at at this game yeah i'm terrible at this game i love it so much but every time it's like you know what do you want to do i I want to make everyone feel better how i don't know if i knew the answer to that we would all feel better and then it's like (laughs) oh no we broke morgan again so i would be doing it already if i understood how to do it (laughs) if i knew how happiness works it would exist (laughs) would i be on this podcast would i be (laughs) Would I be shouting so, to the world right now if I knew how to be happy? <laughs> so the um, and we can talk about this later, but I, I think that there's a lot of that beautiful failing forward, like leaning into the smallness of it, leaning into the awkwardness of it, and remembering when you were 11 and, you know, wanted to buy your I've, – I've done one where we invented a lantern festival and – a child wanted to buy the perfect lantern for their mum, who they love a lot. And we helped this child buy a really nice lantern. And that was the whole story. Hmm. Um, but, like, 
you know, when you when things go wrong. Uh, one of the other things I've said about this game is it's kind of uh, it's very safe and mm-hmm. it's all act. It's kind of all act one. It's like a romance novel where you you know the game is designed so that you know it's going to work out okay. So you can enjoy that kind of small slice of life anime feeling of, um, you know, the, the cat catching a fish and taking it into the shop to try and make things better and it make things worse. Uh, it can, it can, you can have these small intimate moments of kindness knowing that it's going to work out and just be goofy when you're trying to help people. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really not an like adversary. Yeah. It's I don't think a- that there are a lot of games that do that. I think that, like, even when we talk about cute games, you know, like we talked about Mouse Guard and things like that, and um, but they still have that tension of, like, is it going to be okay? Like, are we going to roll okay and have this story work out? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't think I've ever played a game where it was just like, I know that we're going to succeed and it's going to be okay, and I can just sit back and enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's another – I find that's another checkout point for people who've sat down at a con with me that um, where I go, the we're going to get a resolution. Um, so this is about – in this is sp- – exactly about the journey if you if your if your game joy comes from having fought that triumph out that's not this game Mm -hmm. in this game we're going to create a small sadness discomfort awkwardness that's rich in emotion and then we're going to ineffectually but wholeheartedly try and help and it will be good by the end. And one of the things that I find, like I should say that the bleed in this game is real mm-hmm. because um, in, to be honest, uh, in this game, kindness works. In this game, you will be kind to each other. The community will be kind back to you. Even like there'll be, you know, you might have the policeman, you know, the cutesy policeman kind of character or the, the teacher might get cross at you. But then you kind of – Morgan and I have often looked at each other and gone, okay, now we've got to take some of this out into the real world where the stakes are, you know, high. Mm-hmm. It is I a performative think, meditation on kindness. Yeah. I think role-playing games have a really – and I don't think that they embrace them enough, um, but a really unique opportunity to teach empathy Oh, yeah. In ways that a lot of other media just can't. Like you can watch a movie about people being kind, but it's not um, it's not participatory in the same way. And I think role playing games give us that room because it's one of the very few places where you take yourself and inhabit a whole other person. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about what does this person want and need and care about. And you have to really embrace that and then play that out with other people sitting in front of you and with work with those people to do things. And Mm -hmm. I think um, I, I wish that there were more games that embraced that. It's one thing that I really like about being able to play them with my kids because um, it's, it's a skill that I value. And I don't think that there's a lot of other ways that to effectively teach that rather than experience it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah this but, is a good game for that. Absolutely. So I, I think we kind of covered um, our next two questions already uh, about stories and themes and when what characters do in this game. Mm. Um, so let's go ahead and, and get to, aside from all the wonderful stuff we've already talked about, what's <laughs> unique about Golden Sky Stories? I mean, we, we, it's diceless. There's hardly any materials. It's a game entirely about the journey to kindness through kindness. 
is there anything else that that kind of strikes you as as unique from either maybe like a like a technical standpoint or from uh uh some other sort of standpoint yeah one one thing that i really like about it is when we get into character creation and you look at the um, in inverted commas, magical abilities, is they're beautifully whimsical and some of them seem really pointless. Hmm. Uh, like one character has the capacity to make it rain faintly in a scene. Ooh. And that's like a very powerful ability for them is to just let a light misting rain happen in a scene. Yeah. Uh, w- which I think is about, it, it's very poetic in that regard. If mm-hmm. you embrace the poetic nature of it, um, I found it quite unique. That uh, and and when you'll see that when we get into the creation and we start looking at what attributes do you have and what abilities and weaknesses do you want to take mm-hmm. and and also I think the fact that they tie certain abilities to certain weaknesses so it's if you're taking one of these things you're taking the other and that can lead to some really interesting and and I, I mean I don't necessarily want to say unique because I, I feel like there might be other ways that these elements come up in in other games but the fact that it's such a direct pair as opposed to you must pick one of these and two of these or one of these and one of these it's like no you get this one you know you get this attribute you get this weakness that's that's what's happening plus mm-hmm. I, I would i would also say in terms of uniqueness you get to be a spirit that's also an animal that can also turn into a person and you get to run around being all of these things plus magic mm-hmm. and that feels pretty unique to me yeah yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 when when you were t- saying about the the shape shifting animals and stuff, mm. it reminded me of uh, Bribu Sheldon's uh, turn, uh, which came out recently. Uh, turn is a is a it's a slice of life um, game where you play as uh, animals that can change into human and back, and um, you are trying to uh, exist amongst other humans in secret um and you have to do uh human stuff and you have to do animal stuff and you have to kind of balance those two lives together uh and it's a very slice of life sort of mystical uh role-playing game uh but it seems like the stakes are a little higher in that one yeah well, it, sounds, it um, sounds like with that one, it's about will you get caught, will you balance it. Whereas with right. with, with this, it's a lot more about what what is this this small story, this you know, uh, th- mm-hmm. this minimal sadness that may feel big to the person that's experiencing it, and more importantly, how can you as players help alleviate that? Um, yeah, and and so it's it's a lot less about oh no, will I get caught, and a lot more about. Well, we know I'm not going to get caught, or if I do, it'll turn out all right. Let's figure out how to help this, you know, this this person in yeah, their absolutely. journey. Absolutely, yeah, that's really great. Um, in this game, uh, do the 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 other humans, the NPCs, know about your um, your spiritual? That's something like- that the question of whether or not, like, how much do the humans know about the henge or the animal spirits, which are called henge? How much they interact? kind of varies from game to game but what um tend to design that at the table but Mm -hmm. what is sort of in there is that um this is where the bing bong thing comes from kids can see you and the elderly can see you okay but adults with jobs who are being uh adulting yeah they can't see you they've forgotten about you 
Their, their minds are more occupied with uh, adulting things. Yeah, well, it's it's like it's like any sort of mystical force out there, like fairies or brownies or, or what have you yeah. uh, from other cultures. It's that thing of you'll see the children interacting with the fairy circle or the, yeah. the, the elderly who haven't lost that sense of wonder. But then you've got people going, I don't believe in fairies. And then you have to clap your hands to save them. Um, mm-hmm. And wait, what? <laughs> and and it's 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 just about like those who would seem to be in a position to believe about the henge, who are this mystical, they're, they're creatures. Um, they would be if you're prone to believe, if you're prone to think magic is real, you're more likely to witness these sorts of things as opposed to just block them out. And so mm-hmm. a lot of those adults who are off adulting aren't necessarily, even if they see it, they'll just explain it away and keep going about their day. Mm-hmm. It's like children in Santa Claus. Like if you exactly. believe it, then. Yeah. Like if you have this like innocence of spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly that. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, so now we get to talk about the history of the game a little bit. Do you want to tell us about um, the original Japanese version, a little bit about the English version? So I I discovered the the English version actually um, through um, Party of One Pod mm. and uh, Jumpin' GM Jeff Stormer. Um, big <laughs> shout out there. He's been like he is the gateway drug to so many systems. Yeah. Um, Who wrote one of my favorite role playing games that has destroyed me utterly? Oh. What game? Um, it. I don't know what its name is, but it's the one where you create a village and you have to defeat a dragon. It's about 200 words long, and it oh. left me in tears. That's not the Olive Garden LARP then, right? No, not it's the not Olive the, Olive Garden. Garden. The, official, the official LARP of <laughs> yeah, Olive Garden. which is a fantastic. Uh, which fantastic. they did not mention at all in the Sonic movie, even though there were several references, references to, to Olive, Olive Garden. Garden. And every time it came up, I was like, is this about the LARP? <laughs> <laughs> no one knew what I was saying. Oh. <laughs> So this game was uh, came out in Japan in 2006 mm-hmm. and um, was translated into English in 2013 by uh, I hope I get his name right or their name right, uh, Ewan or Awen Clooney. Um, if I get that wrong, I'll go back. There was a pronunciation guide on their Twitter I meant to check beforehand. Dang it! Mm. Uh, so. Uh, and I've I've come across it through the English translation. There was it was kickstarted, um, you know, glorious full color, um, full rule book um, that um, I won't bother holding up. And um, that's its history. It, there's there's a whole bunch of these sort of slice of life uh, yeah. RPGs, you know, small JRPGs. I'm not a big JRPG head, so. Um, I don't know where it sits in the kind of larger um, ecosystem of them, but uh, like that's where it, that's how it, that's how it came into my life. Mm-hmm. That's very cool, though. So, like, I can I be honest? I'm now hearing like game pitches. Like, this is like off mic in inverted commas, but um, so one of the things I would pitch is this is the kind of thing that for the right table you'd go. We're going to create an adult who whose family the four of us used to look over. And this adult is grappling with mental health and has just come back from the big city with their new prescription. And our game might just be making sure they take their meds today. Mm. That could be the whole game. And just being with them through the day and making small kind things happen to that person as they move through the day. And the end of the game could be them, you know, uh, 
making sure they were hydrated and they took their pills and close out with the final shot of one of us sitting on the windowsill as as our human who won't see us again until they're old enough to remember us um, has got through their day. And that could be the whole game. That that sounds so relaxing. Yeah. Oh, it really is. And that's See, the- I feel like that sounds like emotionally fraught to me. That sounds <laughs> that's like That's why I was saying the bleed can be real. Yeah. You have to as yeah. a, if you are running this game, you have to be very it because it looks cutesy, it you kind of go, "Oh, we can we can we can do these things." Um, it sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. careful, the anxiety can be real. Mm-hmm. If like I remember there was the the game that we mentioned earlier about the lanterns and I remember thinking, I don't know how to help this child pick the correct lantern, nor do I know what the correct lantern would be. And I was getting quite emotionally invested in making What is the sure- objective measure for correct lantern? <laughs> well, Where's okay. the rubric for that? So <laughs> apparently his mother had opinions on lanterns and he had differing opinions and we had to make sure that his opinions lined up with hers. And I got lost mm. in, in, in a... I was trying to create a parable and I, I got lost in, in talking to him. Um, and at that point, that's where... <laughs> Thankfully, the DM stepped in and, or narrator, I guess, in, in this one stepped in and, and basically said, and he gets what you're talking about, even though you are not doing the words well. And, and I think that's <laughs> part of, if you're running this game, that that's part of what you have to be mindful of is that this is about meditative kindness, but that also includes your players. Mm-hmm. Because if you are very, very anxious, like myself, or prone to anxiety, um, you can get lost in those spirals that you've created in in exactly the same way that you can in games with larger stakes like mm-hmm. descent into midnight and and it, it's it's not a question of the the scale of the game it's a question of what you're able to do to pull yourself out of that and what the dm's able to do and the game itself lends towards okay well we can just stop this scene pick up in another scene and try again a different way mhm and that part of it sounds like really cathartic mm. to me. Like, I, I like bleed in games. I me like too. to like feel things and to be like really involved and there. And it's part of that, that empathy need. But like, I also like experiencing those things in those kinds of safe spaces. Mm-hmm. So like having those anxieties about a lantern instead of like the pile of papers <laughs> that I have over on my desk that I really should be dealing with and haven't. And, you know, which is also another like small thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like in the grand scheme of everything that's going on in the world, this pile of papers that I have on my desk probably isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. But to me, it is. And so, like, the idea that you can have a game where you're doing those kinds of things, um, but you know that it's going to turn out okay. And yeah. what's really yeah. feels like really you can experience that anxiety, but also like know that it's going to be okay feels really cathartic to me. And, mm-hmm. and that catharsis carries f- through out into life as well. Um, I, I know that for me, when we played the, the few times we've played now, every time afterwards, it's like, I know it's just a game, but I feel so... Uh, games change you. Rewarded. It's, it's almost mm-hmm. like, it, yeah, it's almost like games change you. It's crazy. But you feel so uh, whole almost in a, in a way where you can go, I, I did that. I succeeded at something and, and it was a nice thing to do for you know this imaginary person that i helped and you're then able to go you know what i can put on a load of washing instead of collapsing on the bed i i can do 
something today, I can carry this forward because I accomplished something and I can go accomplish the next thing. I know how to do that. And it, it can certainly for me, it, it, it really gives you this sense of um, direction after the game, which is very different to a lot of other game bleed that I've come across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like, like I accomplished something, even if it was a small thing, it felt important. I helped other people. Other people helped me. Yes. Yeah. Which that last one is important too. Like as much as it's about kindness to other people, I think being kind to yourself is important too. And like learning in that space too, that it's a, you do have to lean on other people sometimes too. And that part of it is okay too. Mm-hmm. Like, aside from just helping other people, let people help you. Very much so. So let's, let's put a pin in that. Because when we've create, as we're creating some people, one of the things I want to ask you, like I'll create a character with us, of course, um, but uh, to think about what would be the sort of small thing we would want to approach as a table. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if we've we got a section for that in our uh, fanfic section. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm okay. So I want to dive right in, but we've got a few concepts and terms to cover first. Yeah. Uh, so so everybody that's listening can be on the same page as us, and so we know what the heck we're 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 talking about. Um. So we always know what we're talking about. We do. We we read we read everything before we record. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. We have read so many role playing games cover to cover. Yep. A- absolutely. Yeah. Even the non character creation stuff, because even the games that haven't come out yet, we're very dedicated. Assigned reading completed. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, <laughs> terms and concepts. For the four attributes. Um, I, I, I looked at these and I'm like, these are really interesting attributes and I understand why uh, they're here. Uh, can we talk a little bit about them? Sure. Morgan, do you want to take this? I'm happy to take this. You, you go for your life. Okay. So at, at character creation, in the quick start, these are already allocated to your, your characters broadly. Uh, but um, at character creation, you get eight points to allocate across four attributes. Your henge attribute is what powers your small magics. Your um, animal attribute um is your is is your physical prowess and bearing in mind that um uh like not for combat mm-hmm. per se um uh it, and then your adult is to do with your capacity to hide your feelings because this is a big feelings game mm-hmm. you need to use your adult to hide feelings interact with technology and when you change shape to interact with humans you're going to use your adult i think of this as the unikitty holding the business meeting going business 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 um <laughs> when you when you have changed into the human form to go and help that um teen buy the right charm for their crush and the shopkeeper looks at you, can you hold it together? And child is your capacity to express emotions, have fun and feel joy and in doing so create that for others around you. So you'll have eight points and you'll put some, uh, you know, how much do you want to put in your magic, how much in your physical prowess, how much in your ability to kind of be human and how much in your ability to lean into emotions and have fun. And when we get into the different animal forms, you'll see that they will nudge you towards which ones you should, you should put in. Mm-hmm. 
That's very cool. So uh, another note that I had when I when I actually did read most of this over, um, <laughs> uh, true forms. Yeah, so you will be an animal, uh, a henge, and in the quick start there are four animal forms, cat, dog, bird, and fox. And then in the full rules uh, you also get the raccoon dog, which – um, has a, I'm very bad at pronouncing the Japanese name for it. We'll, so we'll just call it a raccoon dog. The one from, um, I can't remember the name of it. They're called like Tanuki, I think. Okay. It's like a Japanese animal. They're, they're like, a they, they, you call them the raccoon dog. It's, I've disappointed you, Morgan. I'm so sorry. I think it's a type um, of, uh, no, I'm probably wrong on this. Is that a type of panda? Yeah. Tanuki. Sort of. It's the red panda. Yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah. Yeah, and they call it the raccoon dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, in the quick start, you have cat, dog, bird, and fox. And in the extended, in the, in the core book, you also pick up the tanuki, the raccoon dog, and, uh, the rabbit. Oh, nice. And so we'll, we'll pick a true form and you will, you will, we'll talk about what we look like. Are you an old cat, a young cat? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and on the character sheets, I saw that there was listed uh, friendship, wonder, and feelings. Um, and I wasn't yeah. sure what those were all about. Okay. So this is the bit where I ambush you Uh-oh. with my PowerPoint presentation. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 let me just actually, because I want to get this right and I don't want to stuff it up. Where's my share button? Share, Golden Sky Resource Economy. Ooh, I think this is a character creation cast first. No, we did we did one for Ironetta too, kind of. Not not a slides, not not a screen share. No, 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 not not to mention not a presentation that that is this well put together. Oh my gosh, it has infographics. This is beautiful. Oh dear listeners, you don't even know. (laughs) uh, We can put this in the show notes. These are all Creative Commons images. Yeah, please. Oh, sweet. Uh, you will know, dear listeners. Yeah. <laughs> and you will also know that I 100% helped put this together. I swear. Yeah. I was instrumental so, in whatever this is that we're learning about for the first time. Moral support is important. <laughs> moral support. So this is fantastic. The, the, the basic flow of the game is um, we start with um, at the start of a scene, you accumulate two resource pools, wonder and feelings. At the beginning of each scene, you get wonder and feelings, and those are powered by your connect- our connections to each other and our connections to the community. And we use wonder and feelings um, to power our henge magic and our skill checks, respectively. When we do them, the core mechanic is, as my character is doing something, if you think that was beautiful or poetic or kind or good you just allocate me a dream you go that was that was really cool the thing you did for that child or adult was cool i'm going to give you a dream so uh and then in between scenes we spend those dreams to grow connections which makes us more able to gain more wonder and more feelings and be more magical as the game goes on as we deal with this small challenge so um what might that look like? Connections uh, might be how we know each other and how we feel about each other. But importantly, it's also how the NPCs feel about us. Um, our wonder is what we use to power our magic. 
and our feelings are what we use to enhance our animal, child, and uh, and adult. Um, and, and, and there and there are a number of different connection types uh, that are listed in the the full core rulebook um, that we can get into uh, later if you would like. But they they basically run the gamut from they just they like you or they're affect, affectionate towards you all the way up to love or rivalry or um, family, and that just changes how they interact with you and uh, how many points you can put towards that relationship with them, what they're then willing and able to do for you and what you can do for them. So the wonder and feelings, the best way to explain them is imagine they're the dice spots on the dice we're not using. (laughs) So um, if you want to do a thing, the game master will say to you, so if you're using your magic, they all have a fixed cost and you just pay that cost and it works. Uh, And if you want to do something adult, um, I might say, or the game master, the narrator might say, that's going to need six points of adult. You just decide, do I want to pass at that or do I want to not pass at that? And if you do, you draw down on wonder and feelings as you require and it just works. So that's you. If there's four people playing and they're being really good and leaning into this mechanically, you can be earning lots of dreams. You've got huge piles. You're not worried about, do I have enough magic to do this? Hmm. Um, you're just thinking the thing. And so, again, and the- in, in, the, in the central core tenant of the game, kindness begets kindness begets kindness begets kindness. It's like the opposite of an anxiety spiral. Exactly. It is exactly that. Uh, <laughs> and... And it, the dreams create a mechanical want to pay attention cl- to closely read what my, co- my fellows at the table are doing mm-hmm. because I want you to pay attention to me and give me dreams when I'm doing good things and I'm going to do the same to you. And between scenes, we will f- you know, we'll fill up connection boxes and decide whether the flavour of our connection with each other is still the same. Uh, and you can have arcs there. So uh, you may have decided that one of the other Henge is a rival of yours uh, and that by the end of the game you might have decided, you know, I actually respect them. I'm not a rival anymore. We, ha- we now feel respectful of one another. And then if you played again, um, that might move from respect to like. Very cool. I like that. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's the resource flow. I'm hoping that that gave us enough audio that makes sense to a listener um, but dear listener, you can check the PowerPoint slides afterwards. They are beautiful. They really like, are. Very well done. Probably the most aesthetically pleasing PowerPoint slides I have ever witnessed. So I would agree, honestly. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of PowerPoints. I watched a two-hour PowerPoint presentation today, and it was not that nice. <laughs> Did it have those two hands shaking from clip art in it? It did not have any clip art in it. What? It was like all words. There were so many words. You need to at least have a light bulb in there or something. Some terrible. I know. Yeah, like a stick man pointing to a chart or (laughs) something. Completely. (laughs) Classic. How do we know it's a PowerPoint presentation if there's not a stick man pointing to a chart (laughs) that is representative of our presentation? (laughs) It's like it didn't even happen. It's like I wasted those two hours. (laughs) So that little resource flow. A less pretty version is what I give to people at cons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to make it pretty for you guys because this is important to me. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. 
It was important to us too. I feel like I f- it did help me understand it, though. No, yeah, for absolutely. It made made it a lot more make it. Hmm. It made it make a lot more sense, mm-hmm. and especially and because that they are they are in in this. You're gamifying a lot of concepts that you don't normally come across in terms of. Very rarely would you take dreams or connections or feelings and and friendships and turn them into resources in mm-hmm. other games in quite the same way as this. And I find it, I find it very fascinating and fun the way that they've taken all these concepts and said, okay, in a game where we're not running around and punching and stabbing and and setting fire to villages, how do we help? And how does that look mechanically? And I think it's, it's certainly a system I've not come across before. And Mm -hmm. I think it's great. I love the way it sort of continually grows on itself. I, I think that the mechanics of this game. I'm always fascinated when mechanics like tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that as I've started to do some game design, like I really like dabbling with and saying like, okay, I want to get people to feel this way. I want to get them to do this thing. How do I do that? And it feels like the mechanics of this one just sort of that continue that sort of, like I said, that like kindness spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I can see, like, we don't look at kindness and compassion in that way. Like, we don't make it a mechanical numerical property in real life. But I feel like learning to think about it in that way, I can see how you would take that with you. Mm -hmm. And the mechanic is one of abundance. One of my favorite con experiences with this was there was a lovely grognard gamer who was running the Dungeon Crawl Classics table two over from me and then he came to play this with me and we had a 19 year old um exchange student and like a early 20s software designer and this big burly grognard who decided to play a puppy because he thought oh this will be some silly cutesy game and there was this moment where he realized wait so i can give i can give as many dreams as i want and that's not going to break the game and he he went from being this standoffish guy to literally <laughs> like panting and being the <laughs> dog and cheering for this young woman who it was her first time playing a role-playing game. She'd just come to watch and decided she was from Japan and went, well, I'll play this game. And he was cheering for her and every time you could see that she was taking a step into role-playing, he was like, that was great, and giving her another token and giving her another token, oh, giving her so another sweet. token. And, Seriously. Um, and again, because we're so okay, used to games fine. that are this full of scarcity. This is now the second podcast I've cried on. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm very emotional. And I um, love stuff like that. I love when games change you, when they like make you think about life in a different way and behave a different way, and like just see the world in a whole new light. Yeah. So this this one. You don't run out of kindness. The kinder we are to each other, and this is like huge shout out to Rich Howard, who's one of the best of us. Oh yeah. Um, I want to play this game with him because. Um, oh god. <laughs> this is a game that says <sighs> kindness is is literally our strength in this game. Mm-hmm. When we are kind to each other and we are kind to the people around us who need it, we literally become more ineffectively and only with small magical nudges, powerful. Mm -hmm. It's a soft, gentle powerfulness that I can't wait to see the characters we want to create. Let's let's do that. I want to – I have – 
Rich Howard, if, if like I know that you said that you can't break this game, but Rich Howard could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he would find a way. He is like the most empathetic person. Hey, Rich, um, the most empathetic person I have ever met. And yeah. like, oh, he would ruin this game. Uh, 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 he will just break it because just everyone would just be so broken. The game wouldn't be broken. There would just be such giving Rich Howard a kindness enhancing engine. <laughs> oh my god! It'd be like a positive weapon of mass destruction. Oh, it, would be it would. Uh, the world can't handle like my like my human heart can't take that. Yeah. There's not enough, like, there's just not enough room in there in my cold, dead heart to. <laughs> he would to give like you Rich enough Howard. room. Rich would give you enough room. <laughs> I know that's the thing is, like, Rich would, like, take his own heart and give you part of it. Uh, like, yeah. uh, Ryan, leave all this in. And then when Rich listens <laughs> to our you, podcast, Rich. he can cry. Oh, it's, 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 just... it's his turn to cry. <laughs> yeah. And he does. And he's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> you are one of the best of us, Rich. <laughs> Let's make some people. Make yes. Or a tiny, people. tiny henge. Yeah. yeah. Let's make some people. Well, tiny hen gear, they can become people. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're magic. And, Amel- and Amelia, the fashion moment is coming. So, like, just. <gasps> yeah. Yay. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah, there so, is a fashion element. Okay. And that's when we discovered that I do not have a sense of fashion and thought yeah. denim, everything was great. <laughs> because I'm you'll here be a for henge. this. Where is the Pinterest board? So once you've decided, so when you're thinking about your henge, kind of keep an eye forwards on the horizon of when I ask you, when you transform into a human, how does your henge aesthetic transform into being human? What vibe would you be rocking? So, okay. I love that in the outline it says, are there any specific roles you want to fill like tank or healer? (laughs) No, there are none of those. You're just (laughs) going to be a small, mildly magical, caring, furry animal. That's amazing. Although right, now you so, say that, I kind of want a rabbit that's a tank. <laughs> a rabbit tank. The, yeah, the, the Usagi Yujimbo of kindness. <laughs> eight, points, eight points of animal, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, if we want to follow the character creation steps, I've got my little uh, thing here. Let's see if I can share this with you. Well, I mean, This one's, this do one's we, not pretty. Do we close out and then open back up again? Is that? No, no we'll, we'll we'll just uh, we'll keep going. cut it. Yeah, we'll hmm. cut it where we cut it. Awesome sauce. Yeah, we just keep yes. going <laughs> until. So I'm looking at page six. Is that right? It's uh, about there. I want that to go away. So, so what can we you got? see this yes. word document? I can yep. see the word document. Yes. Oh, okay, I love so it. So this is what I'm going to step you through. So first thing is, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine the camera kind of coming in over the ocean towards this tiny little village and there's this, it's morning time, we're coming over a small fishing boat, we can see a river leading up to a mountain and there's an old two-car electric train. It's just got a front and a back and it's sitting at this tiny station. This is the early morning train that takes people to the big city, which is probably just a very small city. And there's like a small police station, a small fire station, a post office, a three-story school with some kids playing soccer. The Hitotsuna Tigers are playing kick to kick out in the background. There's the sound of village life. And all over the place, there's like animals here and there. And these are our small little magical henge. And some of them are foxes, some of them are raccoon dogs, the uh, cat panda dog things. And then there's cats, dogs, rabbits, and birds. Now, 
the fox spirit is the one that is closest to the spirits. The tanuki is the best shape changer. The cat is sort of whimsical and very cat-focused. If you've got a cat, you know that cats are cat-focused. <laughs> the dog is the one that is the is able to be the closest to humans and interact with them the most easily. The rabbit is the friend maker. And the bird is the most sort of um, strange and flitting and uh, flighty. So the, the core character choice you're going to make is what is your animal form? Uh, and if you have a look either at the quick start or at the um, uh, um, core rules, it will tell you a little bit about each. So, oh, everyone take a minute. Mm-hmm. I know have it, well, there's four in the quick start and there are four of us. Yeah. It's true. So we can do that. That's math. That's just <laughs> math. Yeah. So if we go with the quick start, that means that our listeners can – be so inspired that they can go straight from this to download the quick start and do this with four people they care about. Mm-hmm. All right. Ryan's going to be a cat. Yeah, you know me. You're going to be a dog. No, I was what? actually thinking a fox. Oh, I w- yes! <laughs> what did we, were we taking bets on this or what? <laughs> no, no. I like, uh, it's one of those things that I think about if I was to play this with these people, what do I think they would be? What do I mm-hmm. think they would choose? Mm. Uh, and I'm I thought Cornelia would be an an awesome kitsune, an awesome fox. Mm. I feel yeah, like I, I would I go for – yeah, I, I feel like I would go for bird. See, I was thinking bird for you too as well. Hmm. Okay. Well, I will take dog. Okay. Um, Ryan, is that because so, you think I'm the furthest from humans? Well, you are in Australia. That's pretty far. You're, you're not <laughs> wrong. And there are very few of us down here and lots of space. Uh-huh. So – so if you look down at your character sheet, um, it will tell you a little bit about you. So for me as a dog, it says uh, dogs are the best at getting along with humans more than any other kind of henge. They think like people. Dog henge can do all sorts of things. A dog's special abilities are for protecting people close to them. Uh, one of my special powers is about getting petted, which I which I love. <laughs> and then each henge comes, comes with some base powers. So my base powers include doggy which costs me uh zero uh i'm an i'm a dog the kind people see everywhere even when i'm in animal form i don't surprise people who see me and they Mm -hmm. won't find my presence strange um i can stick close to people when i like someone i can help them calm down that costs me four so if the person that we're interacting with is feeling a bit stressed i can kind of go over to them and just be a good dog right next to them and when i use that power uh, that character will receive feelings equal to the strength of my friendship. So I just help them feel a bit better. Um, petting costs six and being petted makes me happy when someone's in the same scene as me and states ca- outright that they pet me, I gain extra feelings because I know I'm a good dog. <laughs> I know I'm a good dog. Uh, and then uh, that helps me um, grow my connections and grow my abilities or substitution. When it looks like someone's in danger – I can be a brave dog and I can take their place. This is amazing. I'm reading. We'll choose some other powers later, but yeah, um, I think I would be just some sort of scruff mutt, a little scruff mutt, maybe with like um, one ear that doesn't stand up properly. Yeah, I'm reading. I'm reading my cat's powers, my base powers. I, I've got kitty, which is much like your dog, uh, doggy power, um, where I'm just an ordinary cat. But then I've got fuzzy. So I can like rub against people and make them feel better. 
and peek into hearts, which is a very cat-like thing where you, you can get an understanding of what someone's saying in their head. Um, and then cat paths. Um, I can enter and leave a scene when and where you want, regardless of whether it's already in progress. That's just amazing. I, I love these, these powers that they have here. They are so fantastic. And I love how with cat paths as well, you could have been across the other side of the town and there's no real way that you should have been able to get there. But in much the same way that all libraries are connected in, in, um, Terry Pratchett's world and you can travel from unseen universities library to somewhere else using the power of the librarians, the cats can use the power of the cat pathways to just get from wherever they were to wherever they need to be as soon as they need to. <laughs> That's amazing. I love this. Okay. And so, uh, for, for bird, um, in, in the core book, they have little bird wings, uh, wind song, gift of wings, rumors, and down pillow. And the ones that came in the quick start were little bird, uh, where I'm just, I'm an ordinary bird that anyone would see all the time. And then with wings, uh, I can fly, which is pretty awesome. And, mm -hmm. um, and I can use that to run away or search for things and it helps me find stuff potentially. Um, and it can last to the end of a scene. Uh, I also can use wind song and call on the power of the wind to blow how I wish, which means if I needed to, for instance, blow a small lantern up into the air in a magical way, I could totally do that or make oh, nice. someone's newspaper fly towards someone else. Um, and then they run into each other and fall in love. And then I also have Gift of Wings, so I can make it so another Henge or a human could fly if the story so required. Nice. Or if I just felt like it. I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't have one that's just like, be a fox. <laughs> um, well, because you're, so you're more spiritual, right? Well, yeah. I guess. So foxes are already magical. They don't need to be a fox because they can be a magic fox. Well, I mean, who wouldn't want to be a magic fox what? if you can be a magic fox? Ryan wouldn't. I would no. love to be a magic fox. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have Oracle, where you can give people dreams, um, but you do have to completely describe the dream to the narrator. Um, and if they find it to be contradictory, inconsistent, not the kind of dream that person would have, it doesn't do anything. Oh, wow. Um, Foxfire, which makes you have a ball of fire from the tip of your tail, but you can only use it at night. Mm. Um, it says, let's see here. For the rest of the scene, you can use it to make people who see it flee in fear or draw closer out of curiosity. Mm. So uh, I have invisibility. To find each other in the bamboo grove, you can do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I have invisibility, which makes me invisible. Um, and then fairy rain, which I really like this one. Yeah. You can cause a light rain to fall in the immediate area. Mm -hmm. This rain will come down regardless of whether there are clouds, and it can come day or night. While in this rain, Henge can take human form at no cost. And they can use feelings for powers and wonder for checks. Wow, that's amazing. Um, it's, just, it's cute. It's just it, cute. Like like a sunny rain. Yeah. I love yeah. when it, like in the summer, when you get that light rain, and I say like for sure you have the same weather as us. Um, <laughs> you have like the sunny light rain, but it's still bright outside. Mm -hmm. it's so good. And then you get rainbows. It is yeah. my favorite power in the game. And I love that it's a peak power. It like costs you um, 12. 12 wonder. 
um, to make it happen. But to me, that's kind of like the South Korean telenovela. Um, we're going to have our moment, so we may as well have it whilst it's raining. Mm-hmm. Because totally. Like, is it even a moment if it's not raining? <laughs> How do we even know it is? Uh-huh. But the fact that How- it, it also, it's not just about, like, providing this this thematic element. It also gives you this change in powers and in uh, the price of powers as well. Mm-hmm. And and this is where we know we talked about mechanics supporting the game. Like none of these on their face say make the human do a thing. Make a, like there's no taking control of anyone else. There's just I can help someone feel better. Um, you can too, Ryan. So if someone's feeling really nervous, we can help them feel good in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, we all know they should smooch right now. If only it rained. Like the the the, the powers are kind of whimsical and slightly off center. Um, I, I find it very much like these powers feel like a haiku. They sort of, they're definitely poetic, but their use isn't obvious at the outset, but it becomes really rich when you use them in game. I like that. Oh, I really like these. Thank you for joining us for part one of this character creation series. We'll be back in part two, picking up right where we left off. Character Creation Cast is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network and can be found online at www.charactercreationcast.com. Head to the website to get more information on our hosts, this show, and even our press kit. Character Creation Cast can also be found on Twitter at CreationCast or on our Discord server at discord.charactercreationcast.com. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter, and I can be found on Twitter at LordNeptune or online at LordNeptune.com. Our other host, Amelia Antrim, can be found on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning. Music for this episode is used with a Creative Commons license or with permission from the podcast they originated from. Further information can be found within the show notes. Our main theme music is Hero Remix by Steve Combs and is used with a Creative Commons license. This podcast is owned by us under Creative Commons. This episode was edited by Ryan Bolter. Further information for the game systems used and today's guests can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to leave us a rating or review, we have links to various review platforms out there, including Apple Podcasts, in our show notes. Also, check the show notes for links to our other projects. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we find that the best part of any role-playing game is character creation. So go out there and create some amazing people. We will see you next time. Now we gotta read some show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Character Creation Cast is hosted by the One Shot Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, visit OneShotPodcast.com, where you'll find other great shows like A Woman with Hollow Eyes. A Woman with Hollow Eyes is a podcast adaptation of One Shot's live-streamed dramatic Invisible Sun actual play. Discover a world of magic, secrets, and supernatural civic disputes in our unique take on Satyrene. In the first season, James D'Amato, Cat Cool, and SNL writer Alan Linnick are led on a mind-bending adventure by GM Darcy Ross. Even if you already saw the streams, you want to listen to this podcast for the incredible soundtrack composed and edited by Will Levendahl. 
Get it by searching for A Woman with Hollow Eyes or Darcy Ross on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.